I need people to know the consequences, she stammers. I need them to know that he never stops. That remake can't happen. That was an excerpt from Flickr by Jed Shepard with artwork done by Trevor Henderson. I'm going to be talking about that along with new films, Master and Vicious Fun tonight in T watches a scary movie. Welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie, or Twasm, as you're seeing me start to update things on YouTube. And of course, I am T, and we are talking some scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night. You have the audio-only version on your favorite podcasting platforms. We are on Amazon Music. We are on Spotify. We are on Podbean. We're in a bunch of places. Just got to search T Watches a Scary Movie. That goes up every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time because, of course, we're here in uh, Colorado. And... You can also get the video version, which hopefully you're uh, looking at my somewhat handsome face here on video right now. You can find that on YouTube at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time uh, every Wednesday night at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Yes, again, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Uh, and of course, I got the links all over here on the side as well, too. You can see my info for my Twitter, which my Twitter handle is AXDEW. You can find me on Instagram, Theron underscore Reynolds. And then, of course, most importantly, our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash groups slash T Scary Movie. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash T Scary Movie. If you join up there with our Facebook group, you can have some fun with our various conversations that we have with each other about anything horror related. You can see some of my written reviews. You can keep up with my letterbox list that I post there as well. And of course, you get the link to our watch parties. We do watch parties every single Wednesday night. We get started with a couple of movies, and we usually start a little bit of the first one before the new episode comes on, and then we get to finish that one up and watch the second one afterwards. Typically, it's what we're going to be reviewing, unless it's a little too new and I can't get it yet. We'll watch something classic. We watch TV shows as well. We are just about done with Yellow Jackets and a few other ones. We're going to get through those here over the course of the next month. But again, I appreciate everybody tuning in and being here for another brand new episode. I'm really excited for what we have in store for y'all tonight. We have two new movies. It is new week. We are talking Master, a new horror film on uh, Amazon Prime Video starring Regina Hall. And we're also going to be talking Vicious Fun. This is a Shudder horror film that I had so much fun watching as well too. But... We're also going to be talking about Jed Shepard's short story, Liquor. So we're going to be talking about that. Hear me give a little bit of that before uh, before the opening as well. So we're going to get there. But I wanted to start 
by talking about this monkey paw productions meme that they post that i think a lot of you have seen at this point now i did post it in the facebook group but it made its way around twitter if you're not familiar with monkey paw productions that is jordan peele's company jordan peele the guy that made us get out he's got nope coming up key and peele you know jordan peele uh, his company put out this meme the other day that went over every year of the 1990s, from 1990 to 1999, and it listed, it was about five movies in each year. Uh, for some of those, like in 1990, it was Misery, Arachnophobia, It, Tremors, uh, Jacob's Ladder, 1995, Had the Addiction, my favorite movie of all time, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, Vampire in Brooklyn, Species, and Village of the Dam, and so on. So there are so many different movies here across these years and you can only watch one year of them and we had a great conversation in my group about this about which year you would prefer i want to hear in the comments about which which year you would like especially if you can see this tell me which year you would ultimately prefer i i had trouble with this one because i should have chosen 95 because demon knight's in there but i looked for the most well-rounded set of movies and i thought 1994 had the best set of well-rounded movies in there we got John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. We have Wes Craven's New Nightmare. We have Wolf with Jack Nicholson. We have The Crow, the original Crow. And we have The Stand. Five fantastic films. One miniseries in there. Love that collection. And yes, there are other years that have much better film. I'm looking at you, 1996, which are from Dust Till Dawn, Scream 1, uh, the Stendhal Syndrome, The Craft, and The Frighteners. But I haven't seen The Stendhal Syndrome. And... Like the other films there, I love From Dust Till Dawn. I love Scream. I love The Frighteners. The Craft is good. It's not one of my favorites. And I haven't seen the other one, so I couldn't use that. Or 97 that has Scream 2. There's so many good years in here. But this has caused a real honest-to-God debate from people about what year they should be going with. 96 really, though, does seem to be what's winning a lot of people over. And I get it. Because From Dust Till Dawn is an awesome fucking vampire movie. Scream is one of the best slashers of all time. The Frighteners, one of our last great Michael J. Fox movies. And it's basically a Tales from the Crypt movie. Matter of fact, that's that shit right there. Because From Dust Till Dawn and The Frighteners are both technically Tales from the Crypt movies. If you don't know about that, go back and watch some previous episodes. Because I fill you in on those potential Tales from the Crypt movies. Death Becomes Her is one of those as well. But I had so much fun talking about this. They were uh, they were ending relationships and causing fights with this one for sure. So, had some fun there. Uh, Jordan Peele, keep up that craziness, man. We absolutely love it. We absolutely love it. So now let's talk a little bit here about Flickr. This great short story that was written by Jed Shepard along with the illustration in the book, because it is a short story as well, being done by Trevor Henderson. Now, the story is a very simple one. A young Rolling Stone author gets to go and interview one of his all-time favorite actresses from a lot, uh, from yesteryear to kind of find out where she disappeared to in her career, what's going on, are any of these rumors true? Because there's a popular rumor that on one of her older films that she filmed, The Flicker Man, that they were plagued by incidents happening on set. The set might have been haunted. There might have been some nefarious things going on. And this interviewer is trying to get to the bottom of it with 
some uh, very ghastly results. Now, I'm not going to spoil it because it just came out. Y'all can get it on Amazon right now. Uh, it was it was a dollar at least for the pre-orders. Um, I don't know if it's gone up in price at this point there. It's more than worth it, though. It's more than worth it because let me tell y'all, the combination of Jed Shepard's writing for this, which you can just feel the dread going. Uh, this story very much reminded me of um uh uh like tales of like uh the twilight zone the movie to where that was a film that had trouble production or like poltergeist um poltergeist is one that if y'all have not seen that movie fantastic film by the way and i am talking about the original one um there are all these tales about all these crazy things about the production of poltergeist about where they shot it who was involved with it like there's some insane 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 stories about that out there which is even more hilarious to mention poltergeist because um i was watching the other day uh oh god who was it um and i apologize y'all because it's been fun connecting with uh so many people carmella carmella uh of salem cellar there uh she actually did a uh did a podcast recently talking about a lot of those uh those like problems that they had on the set of poltergeist which check her out again salem cellar uh good show for sure check her out um subscribe to that uh, she talked a lot about those production problems that are on there, and I love it. And I'm sure there is a movie in the back of my head that I'm thinking about right now that Flickr would also remind me of as well, but it feels like something fresh while also feeling like something that we've seen before as well too because we know what's going to happen, okay? You got a young reporter who's going to get a story from somebody he probably shouldn't be going and talking to. We know there's something nefarious and evil around uh, around this actress's movie that she's so famous for. And the moment she starts doing an incantation and starts summoning something, we're out at that point, all right? We're done there. Nothing good came ever came of old actresses summoning demons all right let me just say that now nothing good has ever come out of doing that at all if you go and do an interview uh, a matter of fact forget the actress point nothing good has ever come from interviewing somebody who's going to be summoning evil while you're doing that interview don't do it because even if it happens to be bullshit why take that risk and sure enough as the dread builds, I love how the illustrations of Flickr just seemingly get more and more twisted because we see this actress and she's stolen looking and it's dark and she's covered and it's all creepy. And then as we get further on and the haunting, the, uh, the, the possession, whatever you want to call it, begins in the story, things start to get creepier and darker and scarier and just more macabre. And I love that the illustration seems to match the intensity of the words that uh, Henderson and Shepard have put together in this story. Because again, we all have seen or heard of a story like this at some point in our lives. It's actually a fairly easy story to work with. And I don't mean that as shade against Shepard uh, in the story that he wrote, because I really did enjoy reading it there. I think that's one of the better things about it is that this is a story that all of us can probably visualize in our head, but we have great illustrations to go along with that. Now, uh, of course, I'd be amiss to say that short stories are so awesome when they get adapted to short films. So Jed, uh, if you happen to watch this and see this, I think we would like a little uh, film adaptation of Flickr. You know, give us a quick little five to 10 minute short we about that one there so check it out you can get it now on amazon uh on amazon okay go and pick that up 
It is called Flickr. It was written by Jed Shepard, illustrated by Trevor Henderson. All right. Okay. So now we are into talking about our movies. What movies do we have on deck tonight? Well, we have a new Amazon Prime film called Master. Now, you have probably seen a few previews for this. Master literally just came out uh, within the last last month here. So I want to say, um, God, was it March 18th? March 18th, I think, is when it came out there. Um, and it talks about how racism can be scary in not just academia, but what's considered like elite mac uh, academia. You know, think of your Harvards, your Browns, your Yales, places like that to where these are these like upscale, higher education, like elite is the word, colleges. These are schools to where you have to be the best of the best to go, uh, to go there. And it follows three different black women at this majority white university and the different experiences that they have. We have um, in, uh, uh, a young freshman played by, and I do apologize y'all, um, uh, played by Zoe Renee, Jasmine Moore. And then we also have our new, uh, uh, excuse me, our new uh, black master of students. They're kind of like a dean, kind of like a bit of a guidance counselor as well, too. They're in charge of basically all the students there at the school, played by Regina Hall. And then lastly, you have an up-and-coming English professor, played by Amber Gray. And it's about the experiences of these three women at this college. And, you know, I've always said that my taste in horror and what kind of resonates with me has changed as I've gotten older. You know, as a kid, it was always about the monsters, you know, your Chuckies, your werewolves, your vampires, things like that scared the hell out of me because monsters are absolutely scary. As I got older, it became slashers because the idea that it was typically teenagers or young adults being targeted in slasher films, that scared me. I'm home alone, somebody calls, somebody breaks in, things like that definitely get to me for sure. Um, but as I've gotten older, as I've become an adult, I found that what's really resonating with me these days is racial horror. Anything with racial horror just tends to scare me because especially in the world that we're in right now, I feel that it's hard to ignore, uh, things like that going on. It's hard not to connect with those kind of issues out there and find them scary. Cause there are people, maybe not to the extent of some of these movies. Like, you know, if you think of Antebellum, the movie with Janelle Monet, um, I watched that a couple years back first year of the show. Um, and it's basically like, uh, if you ever watched the boondocks, they did that episode called freedom land where, uh, uncle ruckus and Ed Wunzler, uh, the third or senior or whatever opened up a theme park that was based on slavery. Literally you go there to re-experience slavery and antebellum kind of did the same thing. It was kind of like the village as well too, where a group of people, and I hate spoiling it, but it kind of helps sell the point, but a group of people go and start a community to where they're still living back in the old days of uh, segregation and slavery and Jim Crow and civil war and all that kind of stuff. And while antebellum didn't hit all the marks it needed to, things like that definitely get to me a lot more these days than ghosts and goblins and demons and things like that. So master taking more of a serious approach definitely got into my bones. And I didn't know who I, uh, who I identified more with during this because I definitely say Jasmine's story was the most engaging to me. That was the closest to uh, what I saw as being myself. This young kid who doesn't come from what people would think is a stereotypical black upbringing. Like she lived in the suburbs, you know, like she wasn't rich, but you know, she was well off. She had the means that a lot of just saying it, white families do these days. And 
a lot of people when she gets to her school overlook that and just uh, uh, automatically assume she's black so she came from the inner city and she loves rap and she loves this and this and I realize that that already is terrifying because that's real life for a lot of African Americans these days that no matter where they step into preconceptions already made about their background and their upbringing what they're into and things like that and it can make you seem like a threat which is terrible it's fucking trash to have to say that but just the fact that you know, i could like rap music or i could like r&b or maybe i did grow up in the inner city or maybe i didn't have a certain family member around and for some reason that makes me a threat to you so i felt what jasmine was mentioning and i actually got a bit choked up um because i'm a dj i i run a mobile entertainment company and we offer djing lighting photography videography uh photo booth all these things for weddings bir uh, birthday parties corporate events and school dances among other things and there's a scene here in mastered where jasmine goes to a party with some of her friends and the song mo mo mamba by Sheck west comes on now if you heard it mo mamba is a shitty trap song uh <laughs> that kids absolutely absolutely just go ape shit for these days they love it and it's a song that we've had to play my company's had to play at school dances before uh, we stopped doing it not uh, not too long after we did because it's a very like explicit song, so it's hard to even get a clean version to even play because it's, it's extremely explicit. But the situation that Jasmine goes through in this movie is that she goes to this party and all of her classmates and friends and everybody at this frat party are singing it. And they drop the N-word a few times, you know what I'm talking about. And everybody just keeps on saying it. And you can see the... Uh, you can see her her uncomfortableness with it uh how disconcerting it is for her each time that it's happening and not knowing like am i supposed to say something i'm the only black person here who cares who's going to do anything this is just not going to go bad uh not go, going to go good for me and i felt that because we used to do that at dances and you can better believe that we do not do that at all anymore for specific reasons like that because not trying to encourage people to be out there using language that they absolutely should not be using. And I point that scene out without, uh, while glossing over the beginning of that scene to where Jasmine wasn't even going to be let into this party as the frat guy at the door who's running the door says they're full up when she comes in, but let her white friend before her go and white people after her go as well too. So this movie hammers that in quite a bit. And we learn that Jasmine is being haunted and she's being harassed over her life here at this college. These strange incidents keep on happening. And, you know, the master of students, Gail Bishop, played by Regina Hall, is trying to find out what's going on while she's trying to make her own way as well, too, because she's the only black master at this school. It's the first time for this happening. It's a big thing. And she's trying to navigate it the right way as well because she's having to help out, you know, this one black student, the few that there are there and advocate for them while also not making herself a pariah. And I can get that as well too. Working in an entirely predominantly white, like a white system, like with white coworkers, that's all you have around there and having more attention and scrutiny put on you because you're the only person of color working at that space. And it can make that terrifying to have to do your job, no matter what it is, whether or not it's something out of the ordinary, it's a normal office job, it's tech support, 
doesn't matter what it is. That could be terrifying to do if you have all these white faces looking at you because they're expecting you to do more. They're expecting you to mess up with it. And that also brings us to the story of Liv Beckman, who is Jasmine's English professor. Now, Liv is biracial. Uh, we're led to believe Liv is, uh, Liv is biracial and trying to make her own way through the school as well as a teacher and trying to teach kind of like black identity and black politics and black culture um, while also like Gail trying to you know steer clear of a hard hand coming down steer clear of getting her hand slapped steer clear of ruffling feathers or making herself a pariah in this and watching these three women navigate uh, these very intricate and very tense uh, situations at this school just it, it scared me it really did scare me because i've had to navigate situations like that in my life and i know a lot of you have had to do that as well too and it can be scary because it's not always a fake monster or somebody with a knife out there who is going to be causing you problems it could really be your fellow man that just doesn't see you as an equal that can cause a lot of problems for you and there's not much in the way of like your traditional jump scares or anything like that in this film um, I will say there is uh, there is a bit of a supernatural twist to this for sure. So you are going to watch something a little bit more out of the ordinary. But realistically, like uh, like I said with Candyman last year, uh, because I loved Candyman. I thought Candyman was the best horror film to be released in 2021. But I also stated that unlike the original Candyman film, this one does push a lot more into the issues we're dealing with today. And I think because of that, just to be blunt, a lot of people who saw it that are not people of color uh, had issues maybe understanding the real fear behind it, the real terror and the tension behind that movie. And I feel the same way here about Master, to where it's going to hit you if you're kind of aware of things that are happening in today's world. And that might terrify you seeing some of this uh, shown out on screen. But if you uh, if you don't, this might just go over your head and be ho-hum, just, you know, a random boring horror film. So I hope it's not. I hope you're aware of things that are going on in today's world and you'll check this one out because I do think there's a really strong story in this. Um, again, all three of our lead actresses, Regina Hall, Zoe Renee, and Amber Gray put in amazing, amazing performances in this film. And it's interesting to see that as the film starts, some of these characters we don't like and we're dead set against. And by the end of the movie, we flip that opinion on certain ones and we've embraced it with other ones as well, too. And the ending was very abrupt on this, but also probably one of the only ones I think I could actually accept given everything that was happening in this film. Definitely one you want to check out. It's on Amazon Prime right now, so it's free for y'all if you go to Prime. So check that one out. And lastly, we're going to talk about Vicious Fun. Vicious Fun, yeah. So, in the name itself, this was absolutely a movie that I had zero expectations for, but found myself just dying, having a blast with it as I'm watching it. Uh, a horror film critic finds himself in a sticky situation when he stumbles into a self-help group for serial killers. Now, what's fantastic about this is that that is absolutely 
a relatable story. This is 100% a very, very relatable story here that somebody who reviews horror films ends up falling in with a bunch of serial killers. I love that because, hey, that's what I do. That's what a lot of you out there that are watching it probably do as well. And even if you don't, you've probably thought about that. Like, hey, this is very meta. If I'm big into horror, what happens if I ran across a serial killer? Like, if this is Scream, how am I going to do? And it's basically played up as a more comedic version of that. Because what happens is that um, our, our lead character here, who is uh, Joel, played by Evan Marsh. Joel is basically, uh, is basically trying to find something exciting to write about and gets wind of, uh, gets wind about an interesting group that meets together about, uh, about serial killers and finds out his roommate is going on a date with this certain guy who might not be who he says he is. So he goes to follow this guy and record a conversation to kind of like prove to his roommate that this guy is somebody completely different. And he ends up stumbling across this group of serial killers who are having a meeting, basically like an AA meeting, a car, uh, narcotics anonymous, whatever they're, they're talking about their obsession with killing. And unfortunately, as Joel is quickly found out and found that, hey, you're not a serial killer. Of course, the rest of these killers are looking to turn the tables on Joel and to take him out to protect who they are, while also giving in to their desires as well, too. Uh, this movie got even more insane, though, because we find out that one of the killers there, Carrie, played by Amber Goldfarb, is actually a part of an organization that goes around hunting the serial killers of this world and we get introductions to all of these killers that are in this group some of them are clearly referencing other famous killers both in movies and in real life and i think that's a good way to go about it because you know we see a clear parallel to somebody who's supposed to be like the jason of the group uh, somebody who's supposed to be kind of like John Wayne Gacy as well, too. Um, somebody who's supposed to be a little bit like Patrick Bateman or even like uh, uh, like the Jackal. Like there's a lot of caricatures of various killers from other movies in this. We haven't even have a cannibal, uh, a cannibal hitman. That's one of these killers as well, too. And I think that's great that they were able to put together just a bunch of random assortment of killers doing this now. And what's even better about it? The writer of this, James Villanueva, you might recognize that name from a, uh, a, a more recent horror film that everybody, I'm sure, has seen. I'm not going to say what it is, but you'll recognize that name for sure. Um, we're going to cut that. That is being cut at 25 minutes and 39 seconds. 25.39. Let's get that. So it's fun that a good chunk of the movie takes place first to where this uh, this killer's meeting is happening at. And then as Joel is found out, him and Carrie either trying to escape or to try to kill the rest of the killers that are stuck in this room with them. I enjoyed that a lot. And then finally, when they do get away, the second part of the movie, which is these killers trying to end it all and get them and clear up this problem before they get found out at that point. And I love it. Two separate halves there. First part definitely seems more hilarious than the second one because the second part gets a bit more serious with everything that's going on. The stakes get raised a little bit, but that first part, it does have a lot of tension to it. 
Now, because this is more of a black comedy or especially more of a horror comedy, I am going to say you're going to have more laughs in this than you're going to have actual like frights. But that's okay though, because remember, we don't grade horror movies on whether or not they can actually scare us. That's a terrible, terrible barometer to use. The enjoyment factor of this though is going to be through the roof, especially as with Joel, he's annoying. He's going to get on your nerves quite a bit in the first half of this movie. But as we move on, Joel becomes definitely more enjoyable and relatable of a character. And Carrie throughout the entire film is just awesome. You really want to see her and Joel like kind of work it out because it's clear Carrie's annoyed by Joel as well too. So you want to kind of see that relationship work out and her, him, uh, uh, her warm up to him. So we hope that that ends up happening. But also our killers are fantastic as well. Uh, Huge, huge shout out because as y'all know, I am a big wrestling fan and one of our killers, the Jason Voorhees character, uh, caricature we have in there is played by Robert Millay, who if you're a wrestling fan, you might recognize that name as Kurgan from WWE, formerly WWF. He's gotten to do so many movies though. That man has actually had probably one of the more successful Hollywood careers of any wrestler. He did 300, he did Sherlock Holmes, he did Pacific Rim, he did Hercules, he did Deadpool 2. The dude has done a bunch of films. Absolutely love him in there. Uh, but the cast of our serial killers were really, really good, especially our lead character, uh, Ari Millen, who plays Bob. Bob is kind of the chameleon of the group, this killer who just turns into whatever he needs to be in order to get the trust of his potential victims. Bob is fantastic as the ringleader of every uh, everybody and everything that's going on. Absolutely love Bob in this film. So this is definitely one you got to check out as well. It is bloody. It's not overly gory, but it's bloody for sure. Folks get cut, stabbed, lose eyeballs, lose intestines. You're going to see a few things, but it is still a really, really good watch. Check out Vicious Fun right now on Shudder. Okay, you can get that through Prime as well if you have a Shudder subscription. And folks... That is gonna do it for us. Yeah, we got a chance to talk about Jed Shepard and Trevor Henderson's uh, Flickr. We got a chance to talk Master, which is out on Prime Video right now. And we also got a chance to talk Vicious Fun, which is available on Shudder. I appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, and make sure to share this as well too. Let's get everybody on board and be back next week. Next week, we're back to an old week there. We are looking at the final four films of the first after dark horror fest yeah if you remember a few weeks back we looked at the first four films of the 2006 after dark horror fest well now it's time to watch our last four films talk about those and figure out the winners here so make sure you're back here next wednesday to check that out there but folks that's gonna do it for me i'm t We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared and get to the watch party. Come watch some movies with us tonight.